hello, 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 friends and soul fam. What's up, heart, soul, human? Neil and Zach here recording on a special Sunday 4th of July episode that may or not be be very 4th of July. <laughs> we'll How you doing, Zachy? I'm pretty good, baby Neil. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Baby girl in it up. Girl, you this morning. sexy as a strawberry right now. Let me tell you one thing. <laughs> Bro, with your red, pink, luscious lips right now. <laughs> Hot dog. It's this it's this new lip gloss I got. Oh. It's popping. Is, is lip gloss, yep. Lip gloss yep. is popping. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we both knew where that was going. <laughs> My lip gloss is both cool and popping. You got it. Uh, it is cool and popping, and we are about to get locking on this episode. Oh, shit, but not oh, dropping. Oh. Because oh. it's not hot enough. No, so we can't drop like it's hot. Ugh. We can't. You know, I was trying to get at you, but I guess we won't just drop it like it's hot. Boy, but we're going to drop this songs. podcast like it's hot. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what other songs can we weave into this? <laughs> so yesterday I had a cool day. I sent you some pictures. I'm going to share a little bit of it just because because there's this uh, tree tunnel out here in Northern Trees. California that I've always wanted to go to. And they actually talk like that. Trees. Legit, though, every time I channel a tree, it's been like that. Just raspy. <laughs> just like deep and raspy and told. Just like the way they talk in Lord of the Rings. Like that's actually the way the energy comes through. <laughs> but it was cool. I was sharing this with you, man. Um, last night. And I'll share it with the audience too. I had this moment. We went out to this uh lighthouse at the very end of the world. I was like driving out there and I was just imagining, dude, I can't imagine how settlers ended up getting all the way out here in this, like, we were going windy roads up the hill, all through all nowhere, through all this fog. There's like sand just getting like through the wind brushing through in the air. I'm like, dude, can you imagine just like being basically on a horse or in a carriage, not knowing what's going on? And all of a sudden you just get to the edge of this cliff and that's the end of our life. That's it. That's all we have. Okay. That's America, folks. Damn. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be crazy, right? Because you're like traversing across the country, trying to find new lands and like new worlds. And then you just reach like a cliff and you're like, well, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Uh, And I had this moment where I was like looking over at this lighthouse. I was looking over the fencing, right? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. people will fall off that thing. But I was looking over the fencing and I was sharing with you, I had this this moment with my mortality. And I'm like, man, I remember how I used to be really scared of heights. I'm looking over this thing right now. And like, I can feel that coming back a little bit in ways that I haven't felt in a long time. And it was the most refreshing, most invigorating, just breath of fresh air like yeah it's like those moments where you just look at the stars and you just feel so small and it's perspective shift and just a check back into life it was that in its own way it was just like okay you know if i like something happened or someone bumped into me i could potentially just you know roll off the cliff and that be the end of it Mm. and it just gave me a really beautiful rush of life and that's actually something that's been coming up for me over the last few weeks of like, man, I really want to go like bungee jump. I really want to go skydive. Like those things that I've, I, you know, was really wanting to do last year and it fell off. Like I'm really starting to feel a push for that again. Yeah. So it was cool. Yeah, man. Just go, go live that wild life. Like hearing you talk about that, it makes me like the feeling that I get 
when I stare off of like a big building or like mm-hmm. a cliff or something like that, it's this, oh, it's this crazy feeling where like my fingernails and my toenails like kind of ache a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And like, I get really nervous and there's this thought that's like, dude, literally if I just for one single second decided that it would be cool to jump and did it, like that would be it. Like mm-hmm. I'm like literally one decision away. And it's not like a morose kind of like right. impressed thing. It's literally just like a, Acknowledging, dude, like, that's it, all it could would take. Like it would just take literally one second of me like lapsing in my willpower and I would fall off this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it creates this feeling inside of you. And I remember I was taking this, it was like an upper, div, it was like an upper div philosophy class at Davis. Um, Cause I loved taking philosophy in community college and in high school and stuff. And I was like, Oh cool. Like I'll join this class. I didn't realize it was, it was like a class for actual philosophy majors. So I was just like this jag off neuroscience major. <laughs> trying to take this class. Yeah. And uh, it was, uh, I think 19th or no 20th century German philosophy. So like, you know, the German philosophers, of the 1900s and this guy Heidegger actually has like a word that defines that exact feeling of like staring uh, off of a, of, of a cliff or like off of this and it like almost embodied perfectly what I had felt. It was so, it that's was so, crazy. so cool. Yeah. Do you remember what the word is by chance at I all? I don't remember what the word is. No. I mean like this is the thing about philo- like philosophers, especially the 20th century ones is that like not only are they making their own belief system in their own anthology, but they're creating their own language to go along with it. So like yeah. reading who's like who's or Heidegger or Sartre is like, it's being, it's being translated from either German or, or French. And then it's also mm-hmm. being translated from douchebag into English. Right. Cause yep. it's just like this dude who's just written his own fucking language. You know? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so you still have like some random German words that aren't even real words in there. I'm down to speak douchebag for a little bit. Cause that, that, that level of douchebaggery starts to fill my soul. So yeah, I'm excited it. for that. There's a reason I'm in medicine. It's just half douchebag, half, English, <laughs> half Latin, half Greek. To make for about two hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, man, I, I've had so many times where I was like growing up, especially as a teenager, and it wasn't anything morose, like you're saying, where I'm like, I'm just mm-hmm. driving fast, or like, you know, just on something that requires a bit more attention, going through these curves. It's like, dude, it would just take like one little slip and turning the wheel just a little bit, and that could be enough to like just boom. Yeah, exactly. Just like yeah, you just have those moments of clarity mm-hmm. where it's just, I mean, like you, like you said, like we think that we're immortal in some ways and we all know that we're not right. We're like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, we all die. But to be able to feel that and to be able to Im- like just embody that feeling to be like, Holy shit. Like I really am just mortal in this way. Um, yeah. And like my body is very fragile and to have those moments where you're driving fast or somebody else is driving faster. You're standing at the edge of a cliff or you know, you know, depending on where you're from, if you hear like a gunshot in your neighborhood or something like that, and you're like, holy shit, like, you know, what if somebody shot up in the air and like the bullet just falls or like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just walking and I'm at like a party and somebody just starts, you know, pulls a gun or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's like all these things where you're like, holy shit, like I'm so fragile. But there's such a renewed sense of life that comes from that, right? Like there's this yeah. thing where like we all face our potential death in one way or another at different points mm-hmm. in our lives, right? Like even if you get in a car accident and then people come out of that, just light switched on. And I think yeah. that's such an issue when we talk about our society because like it, mm-hmm. you know, we have to frame it that like we're talking about these things and it wasn't a morose situation or anything like that. But life and death is such a beautiful and magical idea and concept that's been a core part of so many different traditions over time through the whole world 
finality creates meaning for yeah. for the human experience, right? Like finality creates point, life. <laughs> yeah, it creates life. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, you can't have life without death, and you can't have you can't really appreciate something until you understand that it that it's transient, right? Like, I mean, even like a relationship, right? If you're dating somebody and you just take them for granted, like, oh, they'll always be around. Yeah. Right? It, it it sucks life out of your relationship. It sucks care and energy out of it, you know, but to, but to think like, you know, this person can go off and live their life at any moment and decide to be without me or vice versa. Right. right. You know, this, we, we should cherish this while we have it. Yeah. The word that comes up for me is like just stagnancy. Like things get stagnant when you don't have that potential for shift and change and ending and whatever it is that could happen. I think that's one of the things that like, maybe we find in polyamory too, right? Like there's, there's a level where things are, you know, there's so many different things there, but that's a level of like knowing like this could potentially like go sideways at any moment. And there's a level Mm -hmm. that really just pulls you in where you can really be present and just fully in it as well. You know, there's this thing with polyamory where I I don't like, I don't think that there's actually as much that is fundamentally different from monogamy. You know, obviously you have, you can have more partners and stuff like that, but I think all the things like I think that in in one way, polyamorous individuals are a little bit more realistic about mm-hmm. about relationships, and they're also because uh, you're forced to be realistic. You're forced. Like you're, to, yeah. you're right in the thick of it. Yeah. All the same things that apply to monogamy apply to polyamory, and vice versa. Right. right? It's like really, really strong communication is required to keep a polyamorous relationship together but Mm -hmm. realistically like monogamous relationships thrive when there's really strong communication right like uh you know you could say like polyamorous relationship could go sideways at any moment this person could decide to not be with me and go be with somebody else or to be with nobody and that could happen in monogamous relationship as well Mm -hmm. i that the challenges are just more upfront in Mm -hmm. polyamory and so they're just more, more a bit in your face yeah, so they're yeah. just more realistic about the the existence of those challenges. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good point. Or even attraction, right? Where it's like, oh my god, my partner's attracted to another person. It's like that happens in monogamy as well. Whether or <laughs> yeah, not a person, we're just saying it out loud. <laughs> yeah, we're saying that we're we're talking about it, and we're like removing the ambiguity and the fear and the charge off of it by mm-hmm. having an open discussion about it. And you can have the discussion of like you know, well, what is it about this person that you find attractive? Because, you know, this person doesn't look anything like me. They don't act anything like me. You know, is there something like, are you dissatisfied? And it's like, no, like I just am a human with broad interests and like, you know, like a, a broad personality and yeah. there are, are more things that, that I enjoy. Right. And you can kind of remove that charge and learn how to not compare yourself to other people, which are all things that benefit monogamous relationships as well yeah and it's going to bring up your shit too right (laughs) along the way all of it right your own insecurities are are what's going to make these things more like fear projections in the relationship and as that comes to surface you guys get to heal but there's some bumpy roads along the way but like it's good that that comes to surface too yeah what i'm what i'm hearing is kind of like the the idea that what you keep in shadows remains scary and i'm seeing Mm -hmm. an image of like you wake up in the middle of the night and you see like a, like a, a figure and you're like, Oh fuck. And it scares the shit out of you. And you turn the light on and it's like a coat rack with a coat hanging on it. That's happened to me before. Like exactly that. <laughs> so it's exactly that, right? It's like, yeah. if I kept the light off and I fucking cowered in the corner and was like, there's a being in the corner or whatever, you know, I would have 
kept freaking out the whole time, but you turn the light on, you bring illumination to something. Um, or in this case, you bring a conversation or awareness to an insecurity or to a fear. And it ends up being a coat rack. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about this in terms of myself and like these extreme sports sort of things, these uh, things that I can face my mortality. And like, for me over these last three years, it's been such a monk in a cave out in the Tibetans sort of energy where it's like me in my own space, really deepening, deepening, deepening and ascending and going through these experiences. And you know, like my spiritual experiences, they have been so much connected to the gods and empowerment and immortality and like all these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And as I'm making this transition in my life back into life, what am I wanting? What am I craving right now is to potentially like face death and humanize myself and be able to have that just like shot of adrenaline and life force Mm -hmm. that comes from that. And it's just the reminder that, okay, like this could end any moment. I am not one of those gods. Maybe there's some energetic connections and that allows me to live life so much more present and full and human. That's a really interesting story arc. Um, Like a lot of connections that I wouldn't have even made. Right. But Mm -hmm. I mean, being inside your own story, obviously you have like a better view, (laughs) you know, you have a more intimate view of things Uh, that makes me think of the idea of like a pendulum swinging. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this a lot with our growth in terms of like masculine, feminine and stuff like that. Um, and this week I was talking about it with regards to like, uh, low self-confidence versus like arrogance and all these different mm-hmm. things. But for this, it, it really seems, you know, kind of like, um, brazen confidence and the ability to live spontaneously without fear of consequence or without fear of death. Right. And then coming yeah. back to the, you know, all things are finite, all things have consequences, all things have ramifications. Um, and you have to swing to both ends of them, you have to find the edges of, you have to find the edges of yourself so that you know what the middle ground actually is. So you can yep. embody the middle. Yeah, And it also expands our middle ground <clears throat> and our capacity for more. It <clears throat> It's as you push those edges, right? That middle space becomes even larger and larger and larger. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's definitely been a thing for me. You mentioned the word fear. That's actually a really, really big point of focus for me right now too. Mm. Um, I've been doing deep dive into my, my own work as well. And that's, that's a big theme. And there's a focus for me on really working with my body in a different way. Like it's been so much of a emotional embodiment and connecting to my body. Mm. And now it's really taking it's not the right word, but like taking some of that away in a different way. Um, It's working with my, it's the reptilian mind, working with the survival instinct and that fear response that automatically comes up to keep me safe and using my mind and using my heart to move beyond that. So Mm -hmm. I have a natural just tendency to be very fear-based growing up. And that created a lot of need to control and that yeah. was a big, 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 big limiting factor in so many areas of my life. It still has been. I don't like it, new things and new situations. So working is, with that is right, freeing But me. like that that fear and that need for control causes you to like lean into certain qualities that are your strengths, right? Like mm-hmm. your intellect, your charm, like all these different things, right? right? And so you actually developed a bunch of really powerful skills mm-hmm. that had that had the potential to control your situations transiently. And now it's time to release the fear and kind of let like take the weight vest off, right? Right. And start to expand and explore those other areas of your life now that you have a primary skill set. 
it's the pendulum, right? Yeah. Like I, I, it's the story. Like I went through this experience. It served me. I developed these gifts, these traits. I basically learned these lessons. Mm-hmm. And now this part of me has served its purpose and I can begin to work with it to allow it to release. Mm-hmm. In a word of today, 4th of July, right? I can begin to create my own sense of freedom from that. Or independence, yeah. Independence from it. Yeah. You know, I was just reading before we recorded, I was reading Destiny of Souls, which is uh, mm-hmm. the second book in the series of like this, whatever, Journey of Souls, Destiny of Souls. And which I heard is not as great. Um, it's di- it's different. It's different. Right? Okay, like yeah. it's not as, you know, when you read Journey of Souls, you're like fucking mind blown <laughs> yeah. because like your soul just remembers the shit and you're like, oh yeah. my God, I'm having revelations. Destiny of Souls is more like nitty gritty and kind of like, here's how things work. Oh, so you and me like it more. The other side. It's, yeah, it's really, it's really good, right? <laughs> okay. It, it's, it's satisfying in a different way. But mm-hmm. I was reading, he's talking about soul healing. Like when you, you know, you cross back over and, you know, guides and healers kind of work on your energy and help heal if you had a traumatic life or if right. you know, you're a younger soul and you don't really know how to recover, for, <clears throat> how to recover from like emotional stumbling blocks and things like that. Um, and one of the things that he talks about from, you know, from that he learned from his clients, right. He, he's a scientist. So he only really claims to know what he's observed and he's like, there might be more, but you know, and he talks about fear and evil and all these different things and how, you know, in all of his experiences, he's none of the, the souls that he's worked with have ever seen or heard of like dark evil entities. He's seen like maladapted uh, like maladapted beings that don't normally incarnate on earth that come to like visit and right. they don't really have a respect for humanity because they don't understand humans. So they kind of like try and scare us and just like mm-hmm. for kicks, right. They're kind of immature. And then there are like, you know, some ghosts that had traumatic lifetimes and, right. you know, naturally scare us by virtue of the frequency, but that like fear and evil and these different things come from the human hind brain that come mm-hmm. from the human they reptilian brain and that the soul um, that the soul can like actually drastically affect the brain's neurochemistry. Hmm. Uh, and so like some bodies are more prone to fear are more prone to anger and more prone to violence. And, you know, an immature soul can kind of like lose the reins and right. you know, can, where you can get acts of atrocity and evil and stuff like that. But what I'm hearing from you per se is that uh, the fear had to like kind of grow or right now you're kind of letting, you're working with the fear to kind of, it's like uh, if you were playing basketball and you were dribbling faster and you were kind of like at the edge of your ability to hold on to the ball and continue it to have control. So you're pushing the fear a little further out to as a like a soul exercise to see where you can keep your cool and your composure and bring it back from the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're going to go into that from souls. Um, I've been doing a lot of, I had been doing a lot of past life healing Mm-hmm. over i'd say like early spring for yourself and or for, for myself okay. uh, well for others too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in this conversation for myself um i have a giant fear body and mm. in this human life in this you know it's 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 there but so much of it is also rooted in significant past life events like i have can't tell you how many times i have just faced traumatic death in old lives. And I did these sessions. I quite didn't know why, but I just knew like going into this, like there is just fear and pain in my body that doesn't stem from this life. And so I went in these Mm. sessions with that intention to be able to address that. And it's like, okay, one life you are just like smashed 
in the back with a giant stone and just killed another life you were stabbed in the heart another life you're stabbed in the back another one you were just like stoned to death and beat and like all these things and Mm -hmm. all these have been carried through and there are things that a lot of them i haven't healed in like some of my previous lives so there's like some deep soul healing yeah that's 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 a quick point too is that you know if you have a traumatic happening it doesn't mean you bring it into every single life like you bring different fragments of your soul into each life so in this one you chose to bring a lot of that mm-hmm. shit and like work on a lot of those things. Yeah. This so yeah. this is a astrologically and numerology wise, like this is a, my five year. And in this year is a year where I do a lot of significant past life mm-hmm. healing. And yeah. I didn't know that someone told me that after I started to go through these events, but it just, mm-hmm. it didn't lined up so well and made so much sense. That's interesting. You know, I had like, I had something kind of, I think you and I have like just such similar paths, obviously. Right? Oh yeah. Like, so we're like soul group. We probably planned it out this way, but like I was in a reading, I was getting a reading from somebody who I do an, like a yearly exchange with. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the guys were saying through her is that like in this life, I'm bringing through like a tremendous amount of past life shit to work on, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, they're like, you're, you've decided to be a warrior in this life and just bring right. through like all your shit. And it makes sense. Cause like, God, so much past life stuff. So like in terms of traumatic deaths, like mm-hmm. I, I've, I've also experienced like re-experienced a few of them in, in like, you know, in moments where, you know, the, one of them was when I was doing the past life regression thing with you when you were kind of learning how to do that. Oh yeah. I, remember that, yeah. I was like a, I was like a, a, a war captain in what mm-hmm. seemed like Greece or like kind of like that, that era. Roman era or something. Roman yeah. era. It was just kind of like the, yeah, it wasn't, I know it wasn't Roman. It was more like Greek or like Spartan or something in mm-hmm. that kind of like in the Balkans. And I was like a captain of, of like my men and I led us into basically a Death. trap in a shit storm. Yeah. And it's like a shit storm. And I got kind of compressed. I was in the middle of my men and I got compressed by them because we were getting pressed from the outside. And like my body, I was taller like in this lifetime and like I was, so my head and my, 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 I was kind of shoulders above the crowd mm-hmm. and I was getting pressed in by my men and I could feel my ribs breaking. And like somebody like went up above the crowd and like stabbed me in the neck with a spear. And I just like, you know, and like, I kind mm-hmm. of like fell out of my men and like fell onto the ground and like, I could just all, all around me, I was just looking and I was bleeding out and I was kind of dissociated and I couldn't yell. I couldn't speak. I couldn't control. I couldn't like yell for my men. And I was just looking at all of my men getting like murdered and stomped and beaten and just like destroyed. So I had like, the, on the one hand, like my throat was bleeding out and like I was in tremendous physical pain, right. but I also just had so much shame. And I was like thinking about their wives and I was thinking about their children. Yeah. I was thinking about my wife and child and just like how I had led these men into death, death. you know, and that right. their, their wives would have to, and their children have to grow up without them and all this crazy shit. Um, and then I, I had also like prior to this, maybe before this had had like a flashback where I had literally just opened my oven to like pull out of my oven. And I felt this wave of heat and it like scared me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and I was on the phone with Emma actually at the time. And I was like, did I have a past life in like a, like a German death camp? And I just started bawling. Like I didn't even have like a second to mentally react to that. Like, kind of question i just right. started bawling and i was having all these flashbacks of like getting shoved into literally like a giant oven room essentially yeah. um and i was like crying and crying and crying and i just heard this voice that was just like 
like never again. Like you're done with that. You're done with traumatic lifetimes. Like you've lived plenty of them. Mm-hmm. You're safe now. And my, I could just hear my guide so clearly. And this is before I like could channel or do any of that stuff. So it was like this really, really profound moment. So I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm just telling what I think are interesting stories at this point, but also yeah. just to kind of say like, I hear you, you know, bringing, bringing all this trauma from other lives. I did a reading for somebody yesterday or a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like meditating with the intention of bringing peace into this dynamic that this person holds with somebody else. And that was also something I had done a few months ago of like me and this twin flame dynamic of I was meditating to really bring a sense of peace into the energy that we hold together because there's so much there from so many different lives and you know some stuff that I still carry like imprinted in my energy in my body and as you're just sharing that I felt the need for myself and I'll share that for you and for anyone else listening of like if there is something that's still that you can just feel and you know like there it, there's a level you're still carrying this from a past life like you can go see a past life heal you can do all these things mm-hmm. but there's I at least for me, going to be a powerful practice for a few days of just bringing peace into myself, into my soul and my body, specifically with the intention of being able to give love and healing to these moments of old lives. Yeah, that's really really nice. I think about learning how to calm down your nervous system Mm -hmm. and create coherence in your nervous system in a normally discoherent state. And this kind of works on two different levels. This works on the level of literally just training your nervous system to calm down in sympathetic states and fight or flight states. Right. But it also allows your nervous system to be a channel for more coherent and healing energies so that Mm -hmm. your guides and your soul and, you know, other master healers uh, can, can push this energy through your nervous system and allow you to do some healing here. So you don't have to do it all when you get back. Mm-hmm. I started to see that too, as you're describing that, like, if you think about your channel as like a physical, like tunnel mm-hmm. or channel, and these moments are just like, like a clogged artery, like these things pressing out and narrowing that channel. And so we just can't receive in the way that we want to, like that energy that's wanting to fully come through is being restricted off a little bit. compressed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was just, you know, the section I was just reading in the book was about energy healing when you cross over. And I was having like a lot of like soul remembrance shit, you know, it was like really, really crazy. And I was thinking about how, when we heal in this lifetime, it can be even more effective than doing it up there because like you still have a chance to kind of work on, you know, when, when they heal you up there, they kind of take away it's purely energetic. Yeah. Well, they remove like, you know, the, the heavy darkness and they kind of mm-hmm. replace some of those voids with, with like more coherent light frequencies But they have to leave some of those memories and some of that darkness there. Otherwise, you would never take accountability for Mm -hmm. the mistakes that you made. So the integration of it, the integration of it, and to be able to to kind of do the actual karma. And so when you're here and you're meditating or you're doing hypnosis or you're working with like a more of a shamanic type Akashic reader or whatever, you still have the opportunity to take that lesson into your life. To implement it and to actually do the full healing on that thing. Yeah. It's like the different layers of it, right? Like that's the meat and bones of it in the soul level when you're not in the human form. And then you can begin to work through it in your life. And then you can go through these different practices, spiritual practices and healings to be able to really 
like almost unlock is the word, like loosen it up, shake it up. And then your own integration, your own aligned actions with it are what really fully like then allow that healing to really occur. Mm. And that those are the various layers. And then you can begin to really move beyond it after a certain point of it. If that's the right way, maybe you're supposed to carry it through and hold it a little bit through the rest of your life. That's fine. But in the ways that it's, uh, it's supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can heal it to the point where you're basically that you're meant to. They decided that you're allowed to heal it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I know you had a few things related to this that you wanted to share. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about accountability. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times, or maybe I've talked about it a couple times. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. really know, but <laughs> I uh, have. Yeah, but uh, so when I was so over this last week, um, I had what felt like a three-day medicine journey without mm-hmm. any medicine. It was just like a very intense relational dynamics with somebody in my life. Um, and it just, it brought out, it was very challenging, but it brought out a lot of things in me and it made me kind of reflect on a few different things, but, uh, one of them being some of my highest values. And so I wrote down some of my highest values and then I defined a couple of them because I thought they were a little bit more nebulous and, uh, wide, like widely defined by people. So for my, I wrote down high values are integrity, justice, self-efficacy or confidence, truth and authenticity, self-reflection and compassionate wisdom as, as my values. And I defined justice and integrity because I think that, you know, a lot of people kind of debate or argue or talk about Mm -hmm. what their definition of these things are. And so I figured it would be good if I made one for my, for myself, for my own anthology. And so first I I defined justice as a balancing of the scales not to be mistaken for punishment. Justice is when the subject takes accountability for their actions or intentions and the downstream ramifications of them. Justice is another way of saying, bringing resolution to unfinished karma. This is the most, this is the most evolved manifestation of anger on the earth plane. And I've talked about that a little bit on the podcast before, actually. Um, and then the next one I defined was integrity. When one's actions are born from a place of authenticity, there is no manipulation or deception. One's intentions become the most important factor, and one trusts that the outcomes of their actions will be of the highest order because of this. One no longer focuses on outcomes, but rather on remaining authentic and trustworthy and taking aligned actions in accordance with those values. Thank you for sharing that, man. I I deeply resonate with that, too. Good, 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 good. I'm curious for you with those two values, mm-hmm. where for yourself in your life right now is, does that become the most important for you? God. Yeah. What's um, the most pertinent with regard. So, I mean, like I said, a lot of this comes back to accountability. Mm-hmm. So with regards to justice, at least, um, you know, you can't, you can't bring justice to the world around you unless you've done it with yourself. Right. So right. for me, like I'm very, I'm very stringent about taking accountability for the things I've said, the things that I've done, the things that I've intended with what I did. Um, for example, there were many, many cases during this last week where uh, I, I was very emotionally reactive to things. You know, I would try to take a second to center myself and I would communicate and I would, there would still be emotional charge behind my communications. Cause I couldn't in the moment fully clear what was going on, but, you know, I definitely communicated much more effectively than my emotions wanted me to per se. And within that though, there were 
more malicious intentions that came through in my communications. So mm-hmm. like I would say things kind of as a broad generalization, but like, you know, kind of below it, they were really meant to be targeted towards the person I was talking to. Right. right. They were meant to be things that I was trying to say to them, but didn't have the the balls to say directly to them because I didn't want to hurt the person's feelings that badly. Um, and I'll, I'll tie this in in a second, but like in that, you know, each time after we would, we would talk it out, we would talk about it. And then I would be like, I'm sorry that I reacted that way. You know, I did the mm-hmm. best that I could in that moment, but I recognized that I did this, that I did that, that I need to take accountability for this thing. Um, or for example, if I needed something from the person or I thought that they were disrespecting one of my boundaries, I made sure that like, and this is always something I do. If I have a personal boundary or something that I know would bother me, I try to respect the other person in that area as well. So like if, if I need more personal space, for example, I will make sure that I give the other person ample personal space. Um, and this can be a problem. And this definitely was a problem because, you know, these people, if you give them more personal space because you want it, sometimes they'll just keep taking space mm-hmm. and you end up feeling like really kind of depleted. Right. So that can be something to, to take note of. But really for me, a lot of it came down to taking accountability. Um, and then with regards to integrity, a lot of this comes down to like my medical career, which mm-hmm. is um, that my desires aren't always the most important thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like some, like more often than not, I have to do things that I don't want to do because it's good for patients. Right. Because it's good for, you know, my, my colleagues. Right. And so to me, that's integrity, right. It's like, I value healing and I value um, protecting people. Uh, And because of that, that has to come at the expense of pleasure sometimes. Yeah. Do do, uh, the, like the integrity and the justice thing, like, what do those spark in you? What, what do you think of when you hear those? We've talked about this for me too. Like just justice, integrity. Justice has been one of my biggest values of like what is right. Integrity is what I'm stepping into for myself really fully right now as well. In my own experience, one of the phrases that I've that I've been sitting in has been my responsibility to myself. Mm-hmm. And that also includes relationships to others. That's, that's a big piece where like my word, the things I have said and made commitments to, I have found ways out so many times as a result of my fear body or things that are just valid, rational things that are coming up in day to day. And now right, over these past years, few years for me, I have like taken so much space to really honor myself and honor my needs and honor my s- space and listening to those things because I've never had before. I'm at a point where I'm starting to move beyond that. And I can, that means I can really hone into my integrity mm. and the things that I am responsible to for me, for my own greater good. And that's stuff that maybe isn't like the here and now as much. Like overall, what's best? Okay, what do I need to do that's in alignment to that? And how am I responsible to that, to that part of myself? And I actually had some journaling too. And I shared this with you. I'm actually going to share it to the audience. Um, I was doing a deep, I've been doing a deep dive into my own personal work. And one of the things I ended up stumbling on was I don't fully trust myself. And that mm. be, that's because I haven't honored my commitments, honored my word, honored the things I said I was going to do and just didn't do it. 
So I have my own morning affirmations and things I say to myself now. And it's honor my word, honor my commitment, honor my action. My mind and heart hold power over my fear response. I claim my power. I own my warrior. And I have some mirror work that I do with myself. I'll just look myself in my eye because, you know, like I said, like I don't have full faith and trust in myself because I haven't Mm -hmm. shown up in these ways consistently over time. So now I'm looking myself in the mirror and I'm saying, I have faith in myself. I trust myself in my word. In what ways are you, uh, because again, usually when I when I think of these types of things, I think about taking small steps to reestablish that muscle, right? Like the muscle of integrity or whatever. So, like, what are you? Have you done any like small things of like, you know, when I tell myself I'm I'm gonna fucking drop down and do ten pushups, I'll just drop down and do ten pushups like in the moment yep. or whatever. Like, do you do like things like that? Like, what does that look like for you um, in in action? My action of this has been being able to identify what it is that I am I'm wanting to get done mm. and just making sure I do it no matter what at all costs. And that's like, okay, so that's me practically with my day-to-day, but also things that are unstructured. Like I know I need to get something done. I'm going to do it right now rather than waiting for later. That can be something as small as like washing the dishes or like, I need to get some movement in today. Like I'm not going to wait till later till, you know, things are settled. Like I'm going to do this now and get it done and clear that off. Nice. But especially like with relationship to others too, like my life has just flowed so much and that has been by design on purpose, listening to flow and allowing myself to do what's best for myself and the things that I'm committed to with others that I say I'm going to do, I am there no matter what at this point. Yeah. When I think about like flow, obviously I think about feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about structure, I think about masculine. And so, right. you know, I, I live largely in flow as well, mm-hmm. but I apply like beams of like masculine structure into areas mm-hmm. of my life where like I'll flow and I'll be like, here's an opportunity in order to capitalize on it. This is what it's going to have to look like. And I'll just fucking do that. Right. right. Or, uh, you know, I'll kind of be flowing and it's like, okay, you know, I, I don't, I don't follow a schedule very well. So it'll be mm-hmm. like, I don't get off of, you know, get off of work or get out of the hospital and I'll spend, you know, a couple of hours, two or three hours, as long as it takes me to feel rejuvenated. Right. And then I'll go and I'll do the things that I want to do. Right. So I kind of allow myself to flow, but yeah. when it comes down to it, like there's structure. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that. the place where it is for me. Like, especially to like, I anchor into flow in the morning, right? That's my own like personal movement practices, my meditative space, Qigong, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and through my day, like I have a general kind of feel of what's going to get done when, and I, that's where I give myself like the space and there's yeah. some flow, but I know like I am going to get these things done no matter what. And that's you know, on a pragmatic level, like I'm committing to like a few main things. And then there's a few other things I can do if they fit in, I allow myself to. So I'm going to, it's also setting me up so I can fully honor my word rather than setting myself up for failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to have realistic expectations of yourself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we think that like, Oh, you know, if I just set a bunch of expectations for myself, then, you know, I'll accomplish a handful of them. Mm -hmm. But what we don't realize what we're doing is what exactly what you're talking about is we're, we're decreasing our self, like our self, efficacy or like our trustworthiness in ourselves. Um, I was talking to one of our buddies about this actually. And he was essentially saying like, I have so much work to do, you know, like for example, like I'll, I'll write a to-do list with 10 things on it. I'll only do five of them, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And what I was saying to him was like, it's too much. (laughs) Well, not only is it too much, but it's just kind of like, well, you know, look at, 
you have to look at your behaviors right now to actually tell what you really want. Like I bet the five things you did on your to-do list were the five things that you actually needed to do and actually wanted Mm -hmm. to do. The other five things you wrote down were things that you thought you needed to do for whatever reason, because it makes me more masculine because it, uh, because this is what somebody who's successful would do or whatever. Right. Instead of listening to your actual internal guidance, you know? Yeah. Um, and being more honest with yourself and with others about what it is that you want and what it is that you need, you know, Oh, this is really what I want. Then I'll like go for it. You know, that's something that I'm kind of coming into right now is like saying what I mean directly. And uh, this bothered the person I was with over the last week, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. more aggressive communication. Um, But it works for me. (laughs) I don't like to beat around the bush uh, these days. And so like, Go and also going after what I want, you know, I've spent the last like year, year and a half, maybe even two years of just kind of like, well, you know, when, when I'm like ready for it, my guides, it'll come to us. It will come to me. And there's a truth to that, but like sometimes opportunities can be very subtle. Mm -hmm. You need to capitalize on them. And so like, if I really want something, it's time for me to just like go get it and realize how much of like my, my waiting back was due to fear rather than yeah you know, fear spiritually bypassed in flow and receiving allowing yeah yeah <laughs> so spirit oh can God. bring it to us that's like a big trigger for me it's probably because I oh dude sometimes. me too right but now like you know so uh, there's some people in my life who just like will definitely spiritually bypass and they think that just because they're spiritual and they have wisdom and they understand manifestation that they don't have to like that one, do they the don't thing. have to work. They don't have to, yeah, do any work or, you know, do the thing or, um, or, or really like take other people into account when they do things. It's like, well, right. Know, like I get to just live like out of my desires. And it's like, you realize that you live in a world with other people around and like, you might not, you might not, uh, hold other people, um, and their boundaries and, and respecting them as like a high value, but you know, I personally do. Yeah. Um, so I'm, it's still something I'm learning how to navigate. Like I don't really know how to navigate living fully and freely from one's desires and also having accountability to other people's, you know, comfort and needs. Yeah. And I think that's where, so with respect to that, there is something I've been shifting in my process, deeply spiritual, you and I. So I still have to acknowledge that as much as I'm also acknowledging like my own self, my own will, my own you know responsibility to myself and my life. Mm-hmm. One of the things I had done before was so much like spending time connecting to guides and asking them to bring whatever it is that I'm wanting into my life. So I'm you know talking to them, asking them to place that in my path, bring it into, bring it to me. Yeah. Whereas now, I mean, I'll say that. And then have more to it. And so I can talk to my guide and be like, you know, if this is meant, like, please bring it into my life, bring it into my path and also allow me to see and know what it is I need to be able to take myself to it and to go out and receive. Mm-hmm. I think that that's it, right? Like go out and receive. You have your responsibility as much as you are also going to be gifted by spirit itself. Yeah. Yeah. I see it almost like being a gardener, right? You have the responsibility to plant the seeds and to water Mm -hmm. the plants, right? But at the end of the harvest, it's about receiving, right? So you have to, you have to tend the garden, but Mm -hmm. there is a time where you get to just go pluck the plant and just eat it and, you know, have it, right? 
Uh, so it's, it's a nice mix of that. And what I think what you're talking about is doing the work <clears throat> on integrity and doing all these different, you know, this, this work on accountability and trustworthiness, and then going out into the world and receiving opportunities, receiving the fruits of your labor. We've done deep dive in this episode. It's, it's been very dense, but what I will finish it up for the people is our beautiful heart, soul humans is what is it like, what are you responsible to for yourself? And what can you do in alignment with that? What are you needing to be integrity with? And how can you begin to take a step toward that so that you can receive fully? So that spirit can really, really work for you and with you. You just got to do your part. And this is another question that I kind of want to like throw in there. And obviously I just like, I had just kind of ranted to you off of, <laughs> off of a recording about this a little bit, but like right. one of these things, um, and I'm so a little chapped about it, but it's the idea that like, how are you hoping and wanting people to treat you and be honest with yourself about like, how much are you respecting and being considerate of those people in return? Right. Like if there's a disconnect between the way that you want to be treated and the way that you are being treated, you know, how are you giving back to the world? You know, what are you putting out into the world? Is it the type of action and intention and good faith that would that would be the reciprocal to the way that you're hoping to be treated, you know, or are you being less considerate than you might think you are, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me think of right the word flow. Like flow is alignment and alignment is internal and external. So whatever you are putting out is whatever you're going to receive. Whatever you're receiving is a reflection of what it is that you're putting out. So look yeah. at the pieces to make it all flow. Yeah. Because flow is love. love baby. Love, baby. Uh, I think like, you know, we, when we set intentions and we manifest, right? Like it's true, you know, we do set intentions and we manifest, but like if your actual actions and your beliefs are out of alignment to what you're trying to manifest, like what you'll actually manifest are things that show you where you're out of alignment. And then you got to work on those. You just have to hold the intention for what you're trying to bring into your life, but you work on the things that it gives you to get through. And then you get the thing that you want, be it treatment from somebody or money or whatever the fuck or love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i'm just gonna do this now peanut butter and jelly sandwiches well i never <laughs> 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 all right you beautiful peanut butter and jelly sandwiches damn the pb and j podcast pb and j podcast i'll say I'm, I'm a fan i'll throw in some bacon and honey and do the Elvis too. So oh, fuck I'm cool with that. With that. Yeah. I got some bacon in right. the fridge. Maybe I'll go hit that shit Sweet right and now. salty. Oh yeah. yeah. Happy 4th of July. We need some bacon. <laughs> regenerative <laughs> bacon though. You said regenerative bacon? Regenerative bacon. Yup. Um, All right. We are done. <laughs> Y'all go find your love and build some flow.